All right, how's everyone doing? Good, I'm so glad you're here. This is exciting. So if you're looking to hear about local ministries, this is the place. So my name is Matthew, and uh, I've been here in Colorado Springs for almost four years. It'll be four years this August. Uh, I have a military background. I was in the military for about 12 and a half years. And uh, came out here. My last job in the military was working at the academy, and then uh, left that about three years ago. Started doing some missions kind of things um, with friends in China and uh, just loved the community. Almost moved overseas and then um, God grabbed a hold of me in a different way and through a really good friend, Rion, and so got to help launch the global ministries department. So worked there for a couple years and then local ministries is brand new. So we're uh, just in the last few months um, kicking this thing off and it's really fun because it's everyone, you can tell, you can really just, just even talking to the guys this morning in the sessions, um, almost everyone I talk to who lives here, God has stirred their heart in one way or another for a very specific thing in this city. And, and it's even, it's amazing because people are, are being called to Colorado Springs whether it was a week ago or 20 years ago where God stirred their heart and what they felt like was for a really big impact in the local area. And they just, I just continue week after week to hear these stories. And they feel like this is the time. Like God is doing that right now. And so I can't tell you how excited I am to work with you guys and be a part of this community right now. It's just, it's just the thrill of my life so far. I've had a lot of great jobs and um, a lot of tough ones. And, but this is by far the best. I just love what I get to do. So... Um, why don't we start off in some prayer, and then uh, we'll cover some, um, what I think are a few really important things um, to kind of bring a bigger vision to what God is doing in, in our city, and then we'll get down to some specifics at the end, and then have time for Q&A. So, dear Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness and mercy. God, we thank you for the gospel of the kingdom of grace. God, that we receive your kingdom like children. God, that we can't work for it. It's too precious. And uh, God, today we pray that you would speak to us. God, we invite your Holy Spirit to lead this discussion today. God, we honor you. We trust you, God, that, that every spiritual blessing is found in Christ. God, that every good and perfect gift comes down from you, our Father of heavenly lights. God, that every good thing in your universe is created for your glory. And so God, today we uh, enter into your conversation to what you're doing in our city. What you're stirring in our hearts. God, the faith that you've put in us. And uh, God, we, uh, we do receive it like children. And God, we ask uh, in faith and with incredible excitement and expectation for, for you to fulfill what you're doing. God, would you let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Alright, well, uh, this, is, this is just exciting. I know that you guys are excited. I can tell just seeing your faces, talking to a lot of you. And um, just talking to, um, you know, Pastor Brady's been sharing a lot of vision and casting a lot of vision lately. Um, the past several months about... Uh, what's been on his heart, what's been on a lot of people's hearts around him. It's not, it's, and like I said, it's not Brady. It's, uh, he's getting to share this message, and, um, but it's, he's seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing it everywhere in the city. And, uh, 
you know, when the spirit is creating a movement, it takes a movement of the whole city to change the city. Um, and so this is um, really exciting. I just want to start off saying that because a lot of us have been wondering, what is this about? Is this a new life thing or is it something else? It's not. <laughs> it's not a new life thing. It's a, it's a spirit of God. It's the kingdom of God thing. And God is going to call us, um, you know, there's three common things that happen in any time God is, is bringing up a new movement. And so um, Bill Johnson teaches on this. Tim Keller teaches on this. A lot of different guys I love and pulled a lot of info from for today. But he, um, there's three real things in history where we look at revivals and big movements of God and His Spirit. And one is just extraordinary prayer, radical prayer. So that's a commitment that, that we're going to make together as a family and as, with our friends that are in the church throughout the city that um, we would just be praying those bold prayers, praying, asking for the big things, and radically and doing it all the time. That we would just be committed together as a group of guys to, to have a life of extraordinary prayer. Um, a second thing is that the gospel, it, there's a refreshing or a renewal of an understanding of the gospel, that it's a gospel of grace and that we can't work for it. You know, uh, I was just, just talking to a friend this morning, and he said for 20 years he tried to get sober on his own, repeatedly. Many, multiple programs, all kinds of things he did, all kinds of help from friends. But um, when he really got uh, the, the gospels of grace, it's just something that you've got to surrender, lay down your life and receive it from the Lord. That, that's when he got sober, and he has been ever since. And, and it's the same thing with us in our lives, and what we want to do with this is... Um, there's, and this kind of leads into the third thing that's common with revivals is that um, it's new. It's new wine. And every single one, every single movement of God, there's been, the, you know, we can learn from older methods, but they're different every time. And so, so that means <laughs> we can surrender our plans. You know, we can look at the best things that God's doing in the Dream Center in L.A. and Phoenix and other, whatever, for local ministries. And they're great models, and we can learn from them. But God is doing something new here. And so I'm excited about that. I don't know what it all looks like. I don't know any of us do, but I think we've all got pieces of it. And so as we come together as a family at New Life, we're going to share what God is putting on our hearts together. And then he's going to come up with something that's brand new, that's a new wineskin, that's new wine, and uh, it's going to be beautiful. And we think, we know, uh, and we expect that, that God is going to bless this city more radically than, than we could ever ask or imagine. So, um, so why don't we start off with um, getting into the Word and going right back to the beginning in uh, Genesis. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is um, what culture is. And I think that it's important to uh, have this understanding together because um, it gives us a real, it's very hopeful and it's encouraging for how we view our city. Uh, how we, wherever we live, whether it's Colorado Springs or Boston, wherever. So um, in the beginning, we are, we are created in the image of God. And if you look in Genesis 1, um, you know, all these punctuation, these verse numbers, these paragraphs, all these divisions in the Hebrew were not there before. So, uh, so the way that these authors emphasized certain, certain things was, th was poetically and was through repetition. And so this is, it's just a powerful um, message if you can just kind of ignore 
all the punctuation, ignore all the separation in the words, and we just read in verse 27, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in this one small verse, we're talking about creation three times and image twice. And the emphasis here and the idea of us being created in the image of God is that God is a creator. In his own image, as creator, he created us. And we were created in that image. So what does that emphasize? What does that repeat? For us, it tells us that we're creative. We're creative people. We're created in the image of this creative God. And so, so when we think about what culture is and what we're going to do with culture, we think about, first of all, we go back to the source, who we are created in God's image, and we're creative people. Um, so, so that's something that was powerful that God did. And if you read all the creation account, you, know, you see that from the beginning he created things so, part of being creative is, is bringing, bringing forth things that are new. So, if we look at nature all around us, there's things that are new. It's created by God. But then there is already, from the beginning, an ordering by God. And God began to separate the waters. He separated and created the skies. He, he had man name the animals. And from the beginning, there was this, this working out of things with nature, and a lot of that responsibility was immediately given to man. So there's a creating, and then there's a cultivating part of culture. So we can bring forth new things, but a huge part of our creativity, being living in the image of God, is cultivating that which is already there. So every single one of us is created in the image of God, and every single one of us has a unique mark and call in our lives to fulfill that image, to live out that image by creating new things, bringing forth things that are new from within us that God's anointed us and called us from before the beginning of time to do, and then to cultivate those things that are around us. So, uh, I was talking to another friend this morning, an electrician. He's doing a project right next to our campus here brand new company doing some, some incredible work in there and he's doing a lot of wiring and, and, and it's pretty amazing just to hear him talk about this and the creative things that he's getting to do because he's living out that call on his life to cultivate the gifts that were stirred up within him and the skills and the experience, the knowledge that he has to do that and so um, He's leading a team of guys, and it's, it's joyful. There's joy. He was joyful describing this work to me because he's actually getting to use the creativity that's inside of him, that's innate and part of his nature, created in the image of God, to, to make this project the best it can be. Um, so, so when we think about culture, a, a simple real definition is it's, it's making things and cultivating it. And so uh, another way that uh, we could put that is what we're doing is we're making sense of the world. We're making sense of the world that's around us. And so we can, obviously we know that there are things in culture that people have made that are not good and not healthy and are sinful and are tainted by sin. But ultimately, we also know that it's going to be restored. And that we're in the midst of that process and that, that calling to rule and reign with Christ that God's given us, 
that we can help in that process of restoration only by God's grace. We receive that as a gift from Him. So, when we think of this city and what we're working, what we're doing, whatever we're called to do, um, it can be a struggle. It can be a struggle in this, to look um, at what's around us, the expressions of culture, and see the sinfulness that's involved and how a lot of it's tainted, and, and lose hope. Um, but God gives us uh, some pictures of things, I think, in Scripture that give us that continue to help us with that hopefulness and, and how we view our city. And so one of those things is, um, is just understanding what God thinks about cities in the Bible. And, and there's so many places it talks about cities. Um, but let's, uh, cities are basically where human life happens. And, and so there's a few different things that kind of make up a city. Um, one, it's a place of protection. Uh, I, I lived in Ethiopia for a while, in northwestern Ethiopia by Eritrea and Sudan. And um, it, was, it was a village... Um, but it was a large village. She could almost, in biblical time, what in the Bible, often cities are referred to, this was like a city. Um, because it was, you know, spread out. These villages were about 18,000 people. But I would go run at 4 or 5 in the morning when it was dark out because it was so stinking hot out there. And it was the coolest time of the day. And, uh, and I got really scared several times. And I had to stop running out there because these packs of wild dogs, first it would be a one or two and then three or four, and then five, and then a dozen. All these, these dogs would just be tracking me. And I'd always have rocks with me, you know, and I'd nail a couple of them a few times, and they'd get scared and run off. But after several times of doing this, they started to get familiar with me. And they knew me, and they weren't too worried about the rocks anymore. And, um, and I think if I would have stayed one more day out there running, they probably would have taken me down. So, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, cities are places of protection. So I stayed back in this village, in the city, because I knew that they knew they couldn't, they couldn't harm me in there. There's just too many other people around. Um, there's lots of ways that a city helps protect. Um, they're places of provision. So <laughs> this, is a, this is a great one, too. I, I remember I could not believe how these people, if, and I'd love to, to meet any of you and spend more time with you in my office. I have a picture from when Daniel Batchelder, who Pastor Brady just introduced, he took me on a trip to Afghanistan. And there's this picture of going out in the desert. And um, we were traveling nine hours uh, one day to get to one of their community development centers. They were just doing amazing work. But we didn't see, we saw one sign of life that nine hours. And, I mean, it's like in the middle of nowhere, what people would just call God-forsaken area. And halfway through this trip, we, we see a small tent in the rocks off the side of this dirt road. And um, it's a new nomadic tribesman. They're called the Kuchi tribe. He comes running, bare feet, on these rocks, out to the road when he sees our, tr- our truck coming by. And, you know, waving his arms, stops us in the middle of the road. He's got three little kids and his wife laying under this little, looks like, I mean, it's, it's just a ragged, ragged old piece of cloth over a couple pieces of wood. He's got 13 goats out there. And he, and he makes us stay, invites us in, and we have this fresh, warm goat milk with him. And, um, and I'm just thinking, how in the world does this guy survive? There's no provision out here. It's just rocks and dust and, 
and this guy is loving life with us. I mean, it was a great experience. We got to pray with him and hear a couple stories. But, I mean, I was, just, I was really grateful to be in the city once we got into the city and just have some simple provision. I mean, so cities are great places of provision. They're places of diversity. Um, you know, in Antioch, it's where Christians were first called Christians. And the city was amazingly uh, intercultural, diverse. Um, it had, you know, you, you hear about city quarters. And quarters were actually walled sections of a city and originally prepared to divide different races of people or different ethnicities. And because people would just have issues cross-culturally. And so in Antioch, there are at least... Um, historians can count through, through digs in the city at least 17 quarters. 17 different walled sections of the city. So you had large groups of people from countries all over the world in Antioch and Christians were crawling over walls, digging under them, going through walls, coming into sections of the city to meet together cross-culturally. And the rest of the people in the city were dumbfounded so they didn't know what, what is going on with these Christians who can meet together with these people. And said, well, they follow Christ. That's why they're meeting. Let's call them Christian. And they had to come up with a name for them. Because they were so different. Some people used it like a derogatory term. Other people it was a great term. But either way, I mean, that was why. And it was in a city that this happened. Um, there are places of spiritual searching. There's accessibility to lots of things. Um, they're, they're incredibly dense. Uh, you know, if you look, go to the center of a city, you can walk within 10 minutes and find education, commerce, um, entertainment, uh, your, place, you know, your place of work, sports, all those things, food. So, so anyway, all these things are, are happening, happening in cities, but oftentimes our language in our culture, we hear, we hear people talk about um, cities in a little bit derogatory way. You know, and, and we've got this kind of trend in the West to build suburb, suburbia. And Colorado Springs is a great example of that. So um, we've seen that where people retreat. We like our space. We like our individualism, our consumerism. And we don't feel as comfortable. But cities, if you think about the best art in the world, <laughs> you think about the best expressions of music, the best food, the best businesses, the best of anything, you can find it in a city, especially the big dense cities. They're cultural centers of the world. And they're places of influence. And so, uh, when, when Psalm 107 talks about the city, it talks about the poor and oppressed finding refuge in it. Um, in Jerusalem, three, <laughs> Jerusalem and Babylon are the two typical cities that, that kind of God uses repeatedly in Scripture to, to talk about that are kind of like opposites or in, in challenge of each other and what God is challenging through the prophets using them to speak to his people about is, is he's saying this Babylon is a type of this city that is an example of bad culture, of sinful culture, of the rebellion and of everything that we make and cultivate that isn't good. And Jerusalem is this type of city that is the example of what happens with good culture. And of course, there's all these judgments against Jerusalem as well. But in, in general, on average, and that's what God is doing, is showing that this is a hopeful picture of a city. And so I love that, that in the end, in Revelation, we hear about this city that comes out of heaven. So the city of God, the New Jerusalem, actually 
comes out of heaven down to the earth. We aren't getting pulled off to some other place to live the rest of our lives in eternity. We're actually going to continue to live it here. And so all of the things that are good in a city, in culture, the creativity that flows from us as people, as communities, um, is actually going to be contained in the city. And so we can look at that, and I, I'd like to read this, just to spend a moment here, because this is going to bring some, some, I think, really hopeful vision to what we're doing. We'll, we'll look at one other city, but we can apply it to Colorado Springs. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open up to uh, Isaiah 60. And I'll just read through this quickly here, and, we'll, and then we'll talk about what this is saying to us. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come. Bearing golden incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All Keter's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on my altar, and I will adorn my glorious people, my glorious temple. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? Surely the islands look to me. In the lead are the ships of Tarshish, bringing your children from afar with their silver and gold to honor the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. Foreigners will rebuild your walls, and their kings will serve you. Though in anger I struck you, in favor I will show you compassion. Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut, day or night, so that the people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Their kings led in triumphal procession. For the nation or kingdom that will not serve you will perish. It will be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the fir, the cypress together to adorn my sanctuary. And I will glorify the place for my feet. The children of your oppressors will come bowing before you. All who despise you will bow down at your feet. And will call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Now, I'll stop there. This goes on to describe more gloriously and more beautifully. But Zion, the Holy One of Israel, this city is the same city it's talking about in Revelation 21 and 22. There's nothing that, that can be imagined, that this, the beautiful description of this that we've experienced today. Jer- obviously, Jerusalem has not experienced this today. But, um, so all of these things, if we look at that, even the ships of Tarshish uh, are described in two other chapters in Isaiah as, as examples of bad culture, examples of sin, examples of merchants of the sea that carry things that wickedly. And so it's amazing to see that an example that Isaiah used and, and several others in there repeatedly all of a sudden are now used to show for God's glory. And they're used to come to this holy city. And so the things that often people, especially Christians, talk about, well, oh, you've got to fight culture, you've got to have this cultural war, you've got to stand against culture. Those things will burn. Don't worry about it. It's all going to burn in the end. 
all of these things, it's not true. That's not the picture the Bible gives us. The picture is even the things, the weapons we use for warfare will be beaten and turned into plowshares and things for good. Things for farming. Things for nurturing. And so all these cultural elements that we have around us. This is an incredible calling that we have on our lives to see the things around us in our city. To know that in the end, in the glorious city, when it comes to earth and, and we'll be married to, our, to the bride of Christ, that these cultural elements that we have we're creating now even if we're not totally creating them or cultivating them in perfection, Jesus will. Jesus will make it right. He'll set it right. And it's a call to us to give us hope to right now live out our lives creatively to, to bring those things in that vision of the Holy City. Bring them to bear this world. Bring them as gifts to this world. So, does that make sense? Is there any questions there about where I'm getting at with the Holy City? Okay. Okay, so, this place, it's called the place of Shalom, the city, and that's where, let's talk about one other city. Um, you know, we mentioned Babylon and Jerusalem. Um, it's kind of archetypes of a city that's representing bad culture and good. Um, Babylon, by the way, is mentioned 315 times in Scripture, and Jerusalem, 802. So, there's a lot that is on God's heart about these two cities. Um, and there's an interesting place that people always quote Jeremiah 29.11. Who, can somebody quote that? Say, say it aloud. Say it aloud. Yep. Plants to prosper you not to harm. So people often quote that. But it's quoted in the midst of people who are in exile. Right? So um, these people who are in the city of Jerusalem are exiled to Babylon. And, and so Babylonians, they, they had this great way. Assyrians did this. A lot of ancient cultures where they totally destroy a culture. And they did it well. They knew how. If you can get the people out of their cities and you can disperse them amongst different peoples and assimilate them so that they're fewer in number amongst the people that are in bigger in number, they lose their culture, they lose their language, they just get assimilated. So that's, this is what Babylonians are doing. And they're taking in all these exiles and they're saying, come and assimilate. Come, accept our values. Come to our city and be like us. Uh, the false prophets in Israel were saying, stay, don't be like them. Don't go to the city. You'll assimilate. Don't go there. You can't accept their values. And Jeremiah, speaking the truth of God at the time, says, no, it's, you're both wrong. He says, Go. Go to the city, plant, build, live, raise your families, bring the shalom of the Lord to these communities, but do not assimilate. Hold on to your values. Hold on to the things of God. Hold on to the things that, that God has taught you. And so, a lot of us may not know why we're here in Colorado Springs. Maybe something has been stirring in us, and, and we don't know what God's fully doing in the around us, but in our places of work, in our families, with the calling that he's put on new life to reach out to this city, he is calling us to bring shalom. He's calling us holistically to bring the life of the kingdom of God in creative ways and cultivating the things that are already here in the city to bear in the city so that we would be a blessing. It's, it's the original covenant that he made with Abraham. The only reason he has blessed us 
Oh, well, <laughs> the main reason he has blessed us, I mean, he, it's just who he is. He wants to bless us always because we're his kids. But the main, the main purpose through blessing us is that we would be a blessing to others. And so that's what, the, it, that's what this picture is of what Jeremiah is telling the people in exile. We are, we are here called at this time to be a blessing to the city. So um, let's just talk a little bit about our city, um, some things that are happening here. Um, in 2006, Money Magazine voted Colorado Springs the number one city to live in in America. Number one. And they, they measured a bunch of things. It was interesting. You know, standard of living, um, different, you know, diversity of jobs, the beauty of the surroundings, a lot of different things like that. Um, and then just last year, in 2009, um, Outdoor Magazine named Colorado Springs number one city in America to live. So there's incredible um, value in what the, the world, how the world views Colorado Springs, what's, what, what God has done in the city. Because anything of value is from God here. Um, now, there's also some pretty sad pictures of what's happening in our city. And I know you guys, you guys know uh, probably more than I do, but I'll just name a few things. Um, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, close to three times the national averages for drug and alcohol abuse incidences in our city. Um, Domestic violence, two to three times the national averages. We've got um, probably eight to 10,000 soldiers and airmen in town with severe post-traumatic stress disorder. We've got um, suicides. I mean, Jeremy just mentioned to me this morning uh, a recent sad stat of the recent 36 suicide attempts in the past year. We've got three times the national average suicide, suicides in this city. So I could go on and on. There's a lot. Um, if you talk to Chief Myers or any of the police force, you know, you could talk to Carl and get a great idea. He's been, on the, um, he's been working as a fireman in the department for 24, 22 years now in this city. So Carl is one of the best guys you can talk to about kind of the state of what really goes on downtown, different areas of our city. But, you know, here's the, here's the hopeful thing is that all of us together, I think it's why we're here, is that we know we felt our spirit stirred. We felt our faith stirred that God is doing something radical in our city. And, and that there is really a movement. And so I want to just uh, reinforce to all of us to be praying together for that radical new wine, for the new thing that God is doing. Because we don't see all of it. We don't see all of it yet. We see, we see it dimly. You know, we'll continue to see it dimly, but it's, it's coming into view. It's coming into focus. Um, so here's a few things we can pray about together. And we'll just kind of talk about what's, what's going on. And these are the four focus areas of local ministries. So one is, is our helping our military families. One's working with widows. One's working with orphans, which are foster children in the state. Um, and then our poor an underserved community. So, I'll start off with military families. Um, you know, there's, I love, I've, I've always had a heart for the military. I don't know why. My parents weren't military, but my sister worked for the Army. My brother was in the Navy. I was in the Air Force. And it's just always been this thing. Um, 
So I love it. I didn't really want to leave the military when, when God was putting on on my heart, but he put it on so strongly that uh, I bowed. And, <laughs> and so I'm just so thankful where he has sent me. But our military is, there's a mark on the city like a few cities in the U.S. with five bases. And, I mean, you look at the 4th Infantry Division alone, and they've got assigned to them about 20,000 slots. About, 10, about half of them at any one time are deployed, and the other half are either here in town or at various training bases around the country, getting training for whatever that might be. So, and that's just, and that's the, that's the largest division at Fort Carson, but it is just one division. So we've got a massive military community here that needs help. Um, I just watched The Dry Land this past week. Has anyone heard of that movie? Um, it won the Sundance Film Festival Award this year. Uh, it's, a, it's a brand new film that's very raw uh, about a soldier who's just returned from deployment in Iraq, and he's got severe PTSD. Um, and so it's, a, it's about his story is a journey of re-engaging with his wife and, and trying to live, somehow make a semblance of life when he just doesn't understand how. Um, he doesn't even remember what happened to him when his unit was hit. Um, he was severely injured and, and uh, this, the memory was gone from him. But even though he can't remember that, which is even more frustrating, he's going through uh, all of these night terrors and, and violent episodes and kind of manic mood swings. And, and so it's a very hopeful message because I won't tell you how it all ends, but at the end, there is hope. And he goes to get help. And, um, and through that journey, though, you just see the raw reality of, of the sad aspects of war. And, and so this is what our members at New Life, this is what our community members throughout the city are experiencing daily. And um, we're doing something really awesome. It's probably going to launch in, in uh, September. It might be October. But uh, Mike Chapman is one of our, our members who's a part of a small group called Warriors for Warriors. And Pat Dykeman has led that group for years. They're, they pray intensely, and they love our military families. And they're going to lead a study and a long series of training to help people walk through as friends, not professional counselors, not professional psychiatrists, anything like that, but as friends coming alongside in family uh, members who have experienced this. So um, it's really, we'll tell you more about that. We're having a luncheon if anyone's interested in, in ministering to the military on July 18th, right after the second service. So um, we'll have some of their members from the small group there to talk about that. But, so that's, that's just one area. Um, we've got widows. Kim Troby started Widows Ministry. She's got a large team of women who are already helping a lot of them. Um, we're well connected now with the, the widows of servicemen who have fallen in battle. So there's a large group that's not just in our city, but it's regionally. We've hosted them for a few events, so I can get you more info, info on that. Um, our foster care, you know, that's... Working through the Wait No More initiative is has been awesome to see what God's doing. I mean, there's about 8,000 kids in foster care in Colorado. Um, and just a couple years ago, 10% of them were legally ready for adoption. There's a long legal process involved. So about 800 of them. And now it's down to less than 360 in two years. It's amazing. It's just amazing to see what God's doing and um, calling people, moving their hearts to ministry in this area. 
yet there's still this other, you know, over 7,000 that are in the process of trying to get get placed with a family member, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, somebody. And, and so there's other things we can do, like Royal Family Kids Camp or CASA, which court-appointed special advocates. There's different things like that. And so if these things are on your heart, I'd love to talk to you, encourage you in any area to, to help in those. But uh, we just want to, we're, we're going to devote 80 to 90% of our financial resources to- toward these four focus areas. So, so if there's things you want to do ministering in this area, let me know and we can help. We want to plant, we want to just set people free, release, encourage you to, to minister in these areas in the city. Um, so those are three of them. And then the, the poor. And I think that um, there's a scripture that really challenges me and, and connects me to this vision. Um, and that's, to, that's really Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. Um, it says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. So that's, a, that's doing what we're doing today. It's an exhortation. We're not going to stop that. We're actually pretty good at that at New Life. We like to meet together. We like to pray together, have good fellowship, and it's wonderful. I'm so glad we do. Um, verse 2 says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. So that's something we could work at. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of this. I have way more Facebook friends than neighbors I know. And it's, it's kind of where we're, where we're going with our culture. Um, and and we've, in, in a large sense, we have lost a lot of personal touch. So, um, but I want to challenge us all to, to keep our eyes open. God is the God who sees us, and he's calling us to see the people around us in our neighborhoods. He's calling us to see the people when we're at the grocery store, when we're downtown, when we're in our places of work. So um, we're going to pray with each other and we wrap up here to, that he would open our eyes to see the people he wants us to see. And then verse 3 says, Continue to remember those in prison as if, as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So, so the third thing we're doing, it, it, what this is telling us is, it's the same thing as the orphan, the widow, any, anyone who's mistreated. Um, a lot of our homeless community, a lot of those who are underserved in this community. So we're going to focus on them. We're going to continue to partner with guys like Bob Holmes and Pikes Peak Homeward, who's helping the homeless transition into, into this hotel. And, and now over half of the homeless have either voluntarily in this community checked themselves into drug and alcohol rehab, work programs, study programs, just because he, got, he cared enough to get them housing. And, and it's so... So there's things like this that we want to continue to do. Now that's where a lot of our resources will go. God is doing a new thing though. And he's going to put on all of our hearts. You guys have, each one of us, have the unique mark of the creator on your life. And you're going to bring something unique to this community. And whatever it is, we want to support and encourage that. Whatever it is. We want to release you. We want to encourage you. We want to pray with you about what that calling on your life is. And a lot of that could be lived out in the, in the Dream Center. Um, so I'll just wrap up saying this. We, we are talking with several places in town. Um, and we know with this, the economy in the last few years that we're not short on buildings that aren't being used. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of businesses, nonprofits, hospitals, etc. that have facilities that they would like to offload, that they would like to sell, but um, would be very willing possibly to make donations. And, and so it's never an issue of resources. It's never an issue of facilities. Um, 
what's happening right now is that God's preparing our hearts and stirring us up together to step out in faith and say, how, God, have you created me to create and cultivate culture? What's the mark you've put on my life? Who's the people you want to open my eyes to around me? What is the place you've called me to work? Maybe it's my workplace. Maybe it's something, a drug and alcohol program that we launched at the Dream Center. Maybe it's um, ministering to your neighbor's kids because it's a single mom and, and she can't get the things she needs to do, like go to school at night unless you help watch the kid. I mean, whatever that is, God's going to open our eyes to those things around us. But we really feel like, um, because God is leading in this movement, we need to... We need to meet. We need to just meet regularly and pray. We need to be in prayer about this together, encourage each other, and it'll help us spur us on to get out there and open our own eyes to see those things. So starting next month, on the first Wednesday of every month, we're going to do this at 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to share testimonies about what God's doing in the city. And then I'll give some, just some informational updates about what I hear. Because a lot of people get to share with me what God's doing throughout the city. And I want to share that so that maybe something in one of these meetings tugs on your heart. Uh, maybe you hear about it and you say, yeah, that's, that's what it is. God was leading me somewhere and I didn't quite get it and that's what it is. And then we can start forming groups and teams and maybe if we prepare ourselves well and listen to the Spirit and what He's doing in a new way, then we'll be prepared so that God does provide facility, does provide resources to do the things that He's calling us to do. Because that's not an issue. It's all, that's easy for God. So, um, I'll, I'll, you know, one of the ways to get, and, and, and just to you know, wrap up here, this is a Long term, we've got, um, we've got a real heart to serve holistically. We've got a real heart to serve in development and empowerment and not enabling people. So a lot of people you know, might look at projects or events we do and think, eh, you know, I'm more about holistic development. I'm more about develop- true development, not this project stuff. But the thing is, a lot of people just need a place to connect. They need a place to serve, and, and God will have these divine appointments and connections when we have these, these opportunities to serve. So one of them is July 31st. We're, we just call it Summer Serving. It's our biggest outreach of the, of the summer. We'll do it every summer. And we're going to serve our partners like Dale House and Children's Ark and Springs Rescue Mission and Mission Medical Clinic and all these areas in town. And we need leaders. We need guys like you who are just willing to step forward and and say, yeah, I can lead a team. I can grab ten of my friends, and you know, and you can send me five more people that I don't know. I'll get to know them. I'll love them. We'll do a quick devotional. We'll go serve the heck out of these people. You know, we'll just go love them for the day. So, if you're interested in doing that, you can sign up and just be a team member. Or if you want to be a team leader, here's just a real easy brochure that tells you how to do that. And um, we'll leave those up here. You can pick up afterwards. Um, so, having said all that. Um, I want to open it up for, for Q&A, and then I want to spend a couple minutes at the end for prayer, just praying over each other that we would, you know, just be able to encourage each other. So what kind of questions do you all might have about local, how it works, Dream Center, these different focus areas, anything? Can you give any details on kind of what the process is for the Dream Center right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the pro- I'm glad you're here. The process is, um, right now, we're... Um, and this is how, how I'm kind of going about it, is that because we believe this is a movement that God's doing with His kingdom in the whole city, it's not a new life thing, and we're, 
we're, we're, I'm asking in prayer every day that God would reveal teams. And I've been asking that for months. So we've got already teams forming that are, that are medical professionals. A lot of different specialties that are ready to go and launch a medical clinic. Free medical clinic when this happens. We've got people that are ready and willing to help with drug and alcohol rehab. We've got another team forming that wants to help with felt needs like furniture, clothing, food. Um, and they're forming, they're starting to meet and talk to each other. Um, we've got another person who just, just offered, hey, uh, you know, my specialty is in running large operations in businesses. You know, I want to I help with operations and management. So, every, you know, there's, and the vision for this is so big that everyone can come, you know, with, with their specialties. But we're seeing the pieces begin to come into place. And so that's why there, I, we feel like there's momentum now. There's enough pieces why we're going to meet once a month starting the first Wednesday of every month to share more and more information as that becomes available. So then these teams will highlight them. Hey, you know, Julie from Julie Wilson from Northern Churches Care. She's really excited about this felt needs thing. If anyone, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll share some information, some testimonies, we'll pray together, and then we'll break up into these groups. And we'll start meeting and, and planning these things together and asking the Lord if he would help us plan them. Um, so what, what I'm, the process, what I'm doing is just meeting with people in town, different, different facilities, different organizations. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm just, you know, it's the same thing that Brady's been sharing with everyone. You know, we don't have financial resources, but um, we've got incredible people who love, who love people in this city. And they're ready and willing to step forward and serve. So if something was donated, we would be ready to, man- we would be ready to take, it, take it on. And, um, and so we're, you know, that's conversations in multiple places that are going on right now. And because, you know, a lot of these things are still up for sale, you know, they're asking us not to talk about all the details. And, but, I mean, a total, 100% we know it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So... We will. Uh, so, so right now, we need to we need to see what God's doing in our family too. We see that. So that's why we're launching this meeting. We're going to start talking more, praying more together. But um, we're already getting questions from other fellowships and saying, "How can we help? How can we partner?" So that's starting on a real small level. Um, but yeah, I mean, just I just talked to uh, was meeting with. Pastor Brady yesterday, and and he's already said, yeah, I mean, this is he's already talking to a lot of his friends that are senior pastors around the city and saying, and they're saying, yeah, we're with you. <laughs> so, um, you know, nothing formal, but just a lot of there's definitely a lot of momentum in that area. Different areas, yeah, a lot of different areas. But we, we would like it. We would like to be downtown. I'll tell you what we we would like to do. Ideally, if we had, you know, our what, what we dream about right now is three places. You know, we've got we've got a land right next to us. Where if, if you ever if any of you went to Desperation, you saw the campers out there right across the street in that open field. And we've got, um, you know, that's that that land is owned by New Life, and we would love to see a residential home for women built there. So women at risk that are, have unplanned pregnancies in domestic violence situations, human trafficking, whatever it is, drug and alcohol abuse, all those situations for women, women at risk, we'd love to be able to have a place to minister holistically and, and disciple and love them and help them get on their feet. So 
That, you know, that we also have the, the, what people call the Boys and Girls Ranch, the DLA land that's um, off of 83, where we used to house DLA students, or 24-7 students. So, you know, those are a couple facility, a couple locations right next, next door to us where we could build a residential home. Then downtown, we would, we would like to do a free medical clinic, the felt needs thing, drug and alcohol rehab. Um, a lot of the dynamics are shifting in the city because the hospitals, big new ones, have moved north. And there's some gaps have opened up in medical and in, in healthcare in the right downtown in our community, especially the south end. So... Um, Obviously, we'd be feeling it, it, we're not we're not about doing anything new or competing with other nonprofits or hospitals or anything. I mean, what we want to do is supplement um, what's going on in the city, what God is doing, and and meet those gaps, fill in those needs, um, meet the biggest points of pain in the city, and really bring the love of Christ into those situations. Um, and then, thirdly, and this is probably longer term, but we would love to see a, a facility near Fort Carson because that's obviously a lot closer to Shriver and Peterson as well. And so we want to we be able to reach out with things like daycare and, and counseling, counseling center for soldiers and airmen, and, um, you know, possibly even a church plant. I know Brady's dreamed about that before, but those are, those are things we feel like that would be kind of a step down the road. So... Awesome. Yeah. Me. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll start. Yeah, we'd love it if, if i just love to meet you, talk to you guys, know more what you want to do. And just, I mean, people, I really think that everyone, <laughs> everyone here can have a role, you know, in this. And, and we're called to this as a family. Whatever our role is, it might not be directly ministering person to person, but in some way, I think we're all called to this together, and for sure we are to, to pray together in unity that God would do his new thing in, in this city. And, um, and just because we're ranked by a few different magazines as the number one city to live in in, in the U.S., um, we got to remember, too, there's some major points of pain here, and, and God's called us to be reconcilers and ministers in that area. So, where you're sharing is right on. I mean, I think that, you know, that will be exciting. And I'd love to see, you know, get to know other people who share a similar desire to work in that area and get it, you know, get a team of guys and girls together and pray and plant and start planning. What does that look like? So. Yeah, um, so just this week, uh, Amy, does anyone know Amy Tyndall? Anyway, she... She's got. She's forming a nonprofit right now, a 501c3 that would be a teen center in town. Several new lifers are board members, um, so she envisions that. And um, so we got to pray about it this week, and just encouraged her to keep running with it, running strong. And that you know, if and when when <laughs> facility is here, you know that would absolutely be part of something we'd love to do to partner with to minister in that area. So yeah, so we should talk more about that. 719-268-8218. Are you on the New Life email list? Yeah, yeah, just mairs at Church store. You can look on online and just get that. You're still with Global Ministries too here? No, it's a new department. It's just called Local Ministries. Okay. 
So, yep. All right. Any other questions? Let's, uh, I'd love it if we just stand up and maybe let's make a big circle around this room and grab hands as guys and pray together for this. Just ask the Lord for his favor and what he wants to do. you want to close this off? Sure. Well, just let, let's just spend a few minutes in prayer, so whoever wants to, and I'll just lead us off. Dear Father, thank you, God, for these men. God, I thank you that you've uniquely called them, created them, designed them. God, that before time began, you created good works for them to do in faith. And God, I pray that they would be encouraged, God, that, uh, Lord, any plans that the enemy has for their lives, you would destroy them. God, that you would cut those plans off in Jesus' name. Lord, that uh, they would be full of confidence. God, I pray that they would see themselves as you see them. God is perfect in your image. God is filled with light, as new creatures in Christ. God created in your image. God, full of good. God, full of good plans, good ideas, and creativity. God, I pray that you would release creativity in every one of these men. God, in their families. Lord, that the things they think at night, the things that you bring to their minds to pray about, the plans that they make would be full, God, of your wisdom and revelation, of your creativity. And God, we thank you that for the privilege of, of getting to serve in Jesus' name, of being able to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ here, God, of carrying the ministry of reconciliation. And God, I pray that, Lord, you would stir up faith in us and you would stir up a passion like never before. God, that we would be so stirred, God, that we'd be moved in the deepest part of our heart, God, by what you're doing. God, that we'd be moved by your Spirit. God, that we'd be sensitive to your Spirit and the new thing you're doing. God, I pray uh, that you would bless your plans in the hearts and minds of these men.
Lord God, and that, that people would see us, God, that we wouldn't be going out, God, just to say, hey, look at me, God, but Lord, that we would be a representation, God, of your grace and your love, God. Father, we just want to be an empty conduit, God, for you to flow through, God, to reach the hearts of the city. Father, I ask, God, that you would begin to burden our heart, God, Father, for the lost and the homeless, God, God, for the, for, for the widows and the orphans, God, for the hurting and the downcast, God. Father, God, that you would place upon our heart, God, the things that burst, break your heart and burden your heart, God. Lord, I ask, God, for a sensitivity, God. Lord, it is men, God. Lord, that we would begin to raise up in a father's spirit, God, over this city, God. Lord, that we would learn how to be fathers. Father, to be able to raise up sons and daughters and disciples, God, and, and train, God, from a heart of compassion, God, from the heart of that father that ran out, God, to the son that ran away and that ran out, God, to the older brother, God. The same father went to both. Lord, I ask, God, that spirit, God, would be inside of us. Father, equip us, God, train us, Lord, in the things that you want, God. We thank you for the resources of heaven. Father, we thank you, God, that you open the windows for us. And, God, we just, God, give you praise in advance. Father, just as the Israelites went out in advance and worshiped God for the victory that's already happened. Father, God, we thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do. We promise to give you all praise and glory, God. And we will boast about our God. And we will brag, God, about you and what you do. God, we yes, God. And we rest underneath your care and your love, God, for this city. And we just thank you so much, God, for, for giving us the opportunity and the privilege, God. God, just to be a, a small, God, speck, God, of what you're doing in this world. Father, we thank you for that. Such an honor and privilege. Father God, I, I lift up right now one of our greatest resources and one of our 